Do you want to learn more about that inner voice you are sometimes tempted to ignore? During today's show, Renegade Branding's founder, Ann Bennett, the one and only, is going to talk with us about how we can embrace the things that make us stand out instead of hiding them. How will we do that? You guessed it by asking Ann a bunch of curious questions. No matter what you do or who you are, you won't want to miss this episode where we talk about the value built into learning to stand out and embrace your unique brand of awesomeness. She's on a business writing mission To make sure you know what words to say So that what you deserve is what you'll get paid Because storytelling changes everything Get pumped for the epic knowledge in today's episode of Your Business Story This is episode 7 of season 2 Exploring Your Rebel Spirit with Anne Bennett Welcome to another episode of the Your Business Story podcast. I am your host, Kristen Spencer, the person who cares a lot about business storytelling, enough to start a podcast about it, apparently. Today, we are having a wonderful guest, and the title of today's episode is Exploring Your Rebel Spirit, and we've got guest Ann Bennett with us. Hi, Anne. How are you doing today? Hey, really, really good, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor and a privilege to be with you and your people. Yeah, I'm so excited for them to hear your business story. Uh, But before we get into that, let me tell everyone exactly what today's episode is going to be about. So when I was growing up and I heard the phrase, the phrase rebel spirit, I thought of something pretty different than what Ann Bennett is going to talk about in today's episode. I promise there will be no exorcisms required. Uh, and thank you so much again for being on the show. The first thing that I normally like to do is ask if you could share a little bit of your business story which I got to read about, and I'm super excited for the listeners to hear about. How did you get into this mode of creating branding by embracing the things that are unique? I think it's such an interesting question, you know, because we're all we're all taught and raised to, to kind of fit in and be part of the tribe, whatever that is in our religions, our families, our communities, you know, our culture. And yet, you know, the thing that actually distinguishes you in the marketplace is doing something left of center, a little bit different, a yeah. little bit more about really what expresses and how expresses how you express yourself. And, you know, I, I like to say to people, I never follow the rules I never have and I never will, because that's how I was as a kid. You know, when I was a kid, I just was like always asking why, why, why is it that way? Why is it that way? And always telling my dad how I thought it should go. And he was like, you know, you think everything should be the way you want it to be. And I'm like, yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. I'm looking, I'm seeing your face kind of bob around going, you know, so many of us were told to behave, you know, and, and not embarrass our families and, and things like that. And I have to, to admit, I probably was the one always acting out. I thought it was perfectly fine, of course, 
But uh, my dad and my mom were not quite as uh, excited about my explorations as I was. And I think, you know, as as we grow up, we just we know we learn to put the pencil at the top of the page when we're done and sit quietly with our hands folded. You know, we learn how to not not answer or ask a question or answer a question you don't know the answer to. So you don't look dumb. You know, you don't look like you don't know what's going on. And then, you know, fast forward, I grow up. Right. And I go off to New York City for my career. Um, I was a painter in college and I went to New York in uh, 1980, just in time to arrive for, you know, the explosion of the art world and um, so many things, AIDS and all sorts of stuff going on in the 80s. Right. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, I used to do things to when you're in that type of environment that's so competitive, people ask me all the time, well, isn't that kind of competitive? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, if it's not competitive, I don't want to be there. <laughs> Essentially, it's kind of like saying, uh, isn't it crowded in California or isn't it crowded in New York City? And I'd be like, yeah, because everybody wants to be there. So I want to be there with everybody, right? And I think, you know, in New York, it was really about doing things that made you stand out and it made you different than everyone else in the marketplace. And, you know, graphic design was what I was doing, art direction for magazines. I ended up as the first woman in the art department of, of um, Popular Mechanics. Like, Whoa. And the only woman to work at Vogue magazine with no fashion in my portfolio. And people are like, well, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I didn't follow the rules. I'll tell you that much. I didn't do it the way everybody else was doing it. You know, what happened was I actually took the Vogue magazine itself apart and redesigned the pages for my portfolio. So when I showed up at the interview, they were like, uh, this looks familiar. And I'd be like, yeah. And, you know, but it was just a different take on something they had already done. And I think just the um, chutzpah alone got me the job. So people ask me all the time how I did that. And I was like, well, I just decided to be brave, outrageous and courageous. And that's really what it takes in the marketplace today. You cannot, you know, you can't be mediocre and lots of things are going to be changing. AI is going to bring in an up-leveling of writing, as you, you probably know about, right? And might be even, you know, using some of that in your own work. And um, But what it's going to do is actually up the level of mediocrity. Like, it's just going to go up. The writing is going to be better, but it's still not going to be uniquely yours or distinguishing you and your voice in the marketplace. So pretty soon everyone's going to sound the same with the same languaging. So that's not going to work. So when I work with my clients, we really look at what distinguishes them in their uniqueness, which I think is 1% of your personality style. I like to say what breaks your heart and what pisses you off becomes the cornerstone of your brand. You know, we write manifestos and we do all this kind of fun, creative stuff, you know, like if your 
brand was a piece of music, what would it be? If it was a dog, what would it be? Things like that, just to get the creative process uh, to kick in for the clients because they don't, you know, they don't can't see their own eyebrows. They don't know what's happening. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Um, I also work in messaging, so I was really excited when Anastasia introduced you to me. Uh, shout out to Anastasia Lipsky, everybody. She was in season one. Go listen to her episode, please. It's amazing. Um, yeah, but it's one of those things where, you know, it sounds like you instinctually have that curiosity where you're like, here's what they're doing. Here's what I want them to do. Let me just show them. Like, and a lot of people, like you said, are not courageous enough to do that. So that brings us into, well, okay, let me backtrack a little bit because I'm really interested in how you went from the, you know, graphic design into being a, a messaging expert with private clients. How did that transformation happen? It was ugly. <laughs> I left New York. <laughs> you know, transitions, I don't know why people think they're ever supposed to be smooth. They're really not. They're really stop and start and figuring it out and being, allowing yourself. I think the biggest problem is we don't allow ourselves to be in the unknown. We don't allow ourselves to say, hey, you know what? I actually don't know what my next step is, or I actually don't know how to do this. It's like you, the how is really a secondary thing that you don't have to know. In fact, when you do know, you kind of limit the possibilities to actually occur. Like if I said, how am I going to work at Vogue with no fashion in my portfolio? I never would have gotten the job. It just wouldn't happen because I'd be busy up in my head. Like, oh, what am I going to wear? And how am I going to talk? And what do I need to say? And a lot of times in our our um, desire to be successful, we follow what other people have done. And it's not that success doesn't leave clues. However, you need to follow your, I mean, for lack of a better word, your intuition, your heart, the thing that lights you up, the passion that you have for something will take you really far, especially if you're starting out. Um, I like to think of myself as ignorance on fire most of the time, because that is how I got these jobs. And that's how I did my whole life is, um, oh, yeah, I could, you know, the idea that I could do that. Oh, how hard could it be to build a business? <laughs> that's amazing. It's crazy. It's the audacity to yeah. assume that you can do it. But I love that because... So many of us are stuck in that mode of I'm afraid. And that's why this whole season for season two, the theme is curiosity, because curiosity naturally shuts down that fear and that doubt when we can ask mm -hmm. ourselves questions. So if it's OK with you, I'd love to dive into the curiosity portion of today's show. Sure. sure. I think curiosity is what um, drives success. It's what drives um, you lose the fear of something. Like, how am I going to do it? It's more like, oh, well, that's interesting. How does that, how, how, how can I use that thing? Or how can I make that thing work for me? Instead of um, 
trying to be like someone else. It's more about how can I be more myself and make that work. And when I started designing the um, archetypes that I have, you know, the renegade archetypes, the nurturer, disruptor, innovator, and geek, I started with my own archetype, which is disruptor, because I know that personality. I know that character really well. And um, I wanted to be myself in my business. You know, I wanted to stop acting um, professional. (laughs) I wanted to stop pretending that I wasn't making mistakes. I make mistakes all the time and people are like, oh, it's part of your brand. (laughs) Everyone's just openly (laughs) accepting this disruptive attitude because I created it as a brand. And that's what I like to do for my clients. I like to create, you know, if they're nurturers, I like to make everything they do nurturing and lovey-dovey and, you know, come and get a big hug and tell me, you know, everything about yourself, like your Oprah. That's part of that brand. So that's the expectation. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a I had a sort of transition myself where I was working with clients and we were like really honing in on what their skills were. And I was like, you know, I really love color and my brand colors are black, white and blue. So now you can see the explosion of color for those who are listening. My brand color is like five colors and it's a rainbow now. And uh, I love it. And also I'm known as the glasses lady. I have a bunch of different pairs of glasses but I, exactly. And Anne is wearing an amazing pair of glasses today, which are even thicker than mine, if you can believe it. For those who watch me on social media, you know, I've got some real thick ones. But today, Anne has me beat. And it was really gratifying for me to finally show up in a professional space and be myself. And people started saying, oh, you're the one with the really colorful profile. You're the one with the glasses. Mm-hmm. And I was able to connect that with my you know, empathetic branding that I felt the, I felt more like myself than ever. And that helped my business. So it sounds like that's what you're doing, but you are also asking a lot of questions and being curious on their behalf. So let me ask you my first question for today and you can say whatever you want. It doesn't have to be business centered, Uh, Whatever pops into your head, whatever you want to talk about, let's talk about it. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay. So when I say the word curious, what are your first thoughts? Be five years old. Be five years old. Five-year-olds, they don't know stuff. Like, you know, we get older and older and older and we think we know, oh, I know that. That's like, oh, I know how to do that. Or I don't know how to do that. Or I'm not that person or I'm not this or I'm not that. And I'm like, really? Be five years old. Like, like, ah, that's really exciting. What is that? Tell me more about what it is you do. That's so cool. And, you know, like five years old is just this excited space of why, why is a, a major question and also like the excitement of it, the exuberance and the awe of what it's like to discover new things. And, and, Oh, I never thought about it that way before. Oh, you know, 
Hey, like the other day I was walking down the street and, um, I, my, I have a, my foot is really sore from playing pickleball and I was meeting some friends socially at a, a local dive bar and I'm like, I'm never going to be able to get there. My mom, I, like, I, it was 11 minute walk. I'm not going to be able to get there in my cowboy <laughs> boots. It's not going to happen. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the sidewalk, was a scooter. Those the kind you rent, the go scooters. And I'm like, okay, here's a scooter. Now, I could have said, I am too old to ride scooters. I don't know how to balance on a scooter. I don't know how it works. Blah, 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 blah. That could have been my experience. But instead, it was like, oh, my God, there's a scooter. Perfect. So then this woman was walking by with her dog. And I'm like, hey, do you know how to make this thing work? And she's like, yeah, you just put your phone on it and then you download the app and turn it on. So that's what I did. I hopped on the scooter. I rode the scooter to the to my destination and hopped off. You know, someone else would have looked at that experience and had a very different experience. They would have been like, I don't know how to drive this. Uh, I'm too old to balance on a scooter. I mean, whatever comes up, right? So you want to keep yourself, whenever you hear yourself limiting what you're capable or what you could actually do, or maybe you don't know how to do it. And that's perfectly cool. Ask for help. I have, I asked this young lady walking by, I had, you know, I'm kind of old school. I didn't really know how to, you know, turn the scooter on. I probably could have had her do it for me too. But, you know, I, I was just in the moment. I was so excited. I just did it without thinking that I didn't know how to do it kind of thing. And I think that's extremely important when it comes to innovation and when it comes to building a business. I mean, we can lay out a strategy for people. This is how it looks as a strategy. It's kind of like looking at your numbers in a perfect world, you're making mid six figures or a million dollars. And this is how it's going to look. But you know what? It's a journey. And it and it's everything that could go wrong is going to go wrong. So the idea of being, um, you know, super resilient and flexible and curious is how to actually enjoy building your business and enjoy your life as far as I'm concerned. I find that to be 100% true. And I also wanted to say earlier, you were like, oh, well, part of my brand is that I make a lot of mistakes. I feel like that's part of being a human being and we yeah. should all be easier on ourselves, right? Like if you make a mistake, I'm not like, oh, and just made a mistake. I'm like, okay, that's normal. When I make a mistake, I, I mean, I, I don't do this anymore, but in the past I would completely freak out and panic because I'm a recovering perfectionist. I'm totally transparent mm -hmm. about that. And I'd be like, mm -hmm. I made a mistake. That's not allowed. Like that's so unrealistic and it doesn't serve you. It doesn't allow you to be a problem solver who's willing to take risks. Uh, I did actually just, we were in DC last weekend to visit my brother-in-law and all the kids were like, let's go on the scooters. And I was like, <laughs> I can't go on the scooter. And they just looked at me and they're like, why? I was like, they're like, because of your back, because I was like, no, because think about how often I drop my phone or trip and fall and how clumsy I am. And they were like, hmm. And they looked at the scooter <laughs> and they looked back at me and they're like, there's a bike right there. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, they found an alternative. Exactly. Like I know myself, but instead of limiting myself and being like, I'm only going to walk while everyone else is moving. I was like, let me find another creative solution because mm -hmm. I know I'm self-aware. I know my balance struggles. Right. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where I was willing to ask myself questions. And I think that's what you're saying. Like not necessarily you always have to do the one thing that maybe you feel uncomfortable doing, but if you're uncomfortable to do something or you just know yourself, that doesn't mean you don't do anything. Like what's the next question you can ask to get to a solution? Exactly. It's more like, okay, so if I don't have the balancing acumen <laughs> to ride a scooter because I'm clumsy, what's, what is something I could ride? What is, you know, what is something I could actually do to, to enjoy being with everyone? And I think that's, that's really, you know, it's, it's kind of the, a lot of times we're set up when we're perfectionists like myself as well, coming out of graphic design, you know, it's, it's very uh, precise. Um, you know, it's not this or that it's, it's both. It's like, how can I do both? How can I do everything and have fun with it. And I think that as, as human beings, the human part sometimes gets in the way, you know, the judgments, the comparisons, the things that we do to actually hold back the energy of the fun of the, of the momentum that's occurring. We like hold ourselves back. I know I do. Um, when things get so good, I'm like, waiting for the other shoe to drop or waiting for it to stop or it's just so good. How could that go on? And so there, there's those limiting thoughts that of course we all have. And I have too, no matter what level, I think what really helped me a lot was I have a lot of um, friends and acquaintances that are million, million dollar business owners, billion dollar business owners and they feel the same way. All right, let's take a few seconds for our sponsor break because their business stories matter too. Why is copywriting important? Have you ever thought about where to start when it comes to copywriting? In Kristen's complimentary 20-minute masterclass, you'll learn why copywriting is important, how non-strategic copy ruins your brand, and what using informed copywriting in your business can do. It's time for you to stop spending thousands of dollars on copy and content that isn't clear or confident. Get the information you need to understand why copywriting is essential to your business's goals and growth today. Head to literarysymmetry.com forward slash why copy W-H-Y-C-O-P-Y to watch today. <laughs> they actually don't want to ride the scooter okay <laughs> uh you know or like i'll talk to i'm not big on spreadsheets okay and uh, i'm learning to love them because i have friends that really love them and so whenever i need to make a spreadsheet i call them and they get all excited and they make the spreadsheet for me and pretty soon it's rubbing off on me you know oh yeah i need to keep, keep track of this thing i'm doing i need a spreadsheet uh, but I think, you know, it's not my go-to. My go-to is to scribble on a piece of paper and, you know, do other kind of more what I consider creative uh, thinking, mind mapping and things like that. But I think um, 
you know, we limit ourselves and sometimes, and sometimes that's okay. Sometimes it's like, you know what, I've got, I can pay someone to do a spreadsheet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or I can have my, my good friend do the spreadsheet for me. I can ask for help. I don't have to be the spreadsheet maven. I think curiosity also leaves for a clue in that as well. Like maybe it's, I'm having a hard time even getting curious about this. Like I'm having a hard time being curious about using a spreadsheet and why that benefits me. Maybe I need to hire that out. What do you mm -hmm. think? Yeah, I think um, you can hire out a lot of stuff. Oh, I know what I was going to say about the spreadsheet. My friend who sold her business for $20 million, I was talking to her about spreadsheets and she goes, Ann, I don't like to do spreadsheets either. <laughs> That's what cracked me up. I was like, okay, I can be really successful and not like spreadsheets. Or I can be really successful and make mistakes. You know, my brother once said to me, because he's big in the stock market, he's like, you only have to be right 51% of the time to make a lot of money. And I think we forget that, particularly as women, we've been raised in this whole perfectionist attitude. You got to look a certain way, act a certain way, all that. And I'm loving that Barbie came out. Have you seen the Barbie movie? Oh, we, yeah. We went to see it as a whole family and we dressed up and it was like, I'm like a really, so I would probably fit your geek archetype. I'm like a Comic-Con kind of person. Oh, yeah. And we were in the theater and everyone in the theater, including all the men were wearing like pink and, or the men were wearing button up shirts for Ken. Right. Which I was like freaking out with joy. And there was like <laughs> little girls with Barbies in their cup holders. And I was like, so excited before the movie even started. And then the movie made me cry three times because especially America Ferreira's speech on how mm -hmm. impossible it is to be a woman. I was like, yes. And also as a mom, oh my gosh, because I have three kids. I have two teenage girls right now. Uh, and it, it's just, yeah, I loved it so much. I can't wait to see it again. But because all of those things resonated with me, and I think what you're saying is so true that as women, our hooks are way looser for ourselves. Like we're, we'll let guys off the hook for doing all sorts of things that they shouldn't do. By the way, I'm yeah. learning to be more proactive about being like, can you explain to me why the joke is funny? Right. Uh, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. But when, when it's ourselves, it's so difficult. And yeah. that leads me to the next question. And we can tie this in to the whole idea of curiosity but it sounds like you work with a lot of women. Is that a, is that uh, a great mostly assumption? work with women and a few good men, but mostly I've been concentrating on women. Um, obviously because I'm an expert in women <laughs> and men are great. You just, they just pay you money and you do it. They don't even ask questions. I love that. I'm learning how to do that a little bit. You know, women have a little more um, sense of they want to know how everything works and they need to know all the details. Um, men, on the other hand, are used to uh, delegating, I think, a little bit easier for them uh, to do that. They don't they, they get it and they use their time in a different way. Um, and they yeah. were raised that way, too. So, you know, they've got a lot of advantages in that way and disadvantages in other ways just like, like women, right? 
Um, but so I'm sorry, what was your question about that? Okay. So you answered my question. Well, I had to ask the first question. So the question is like, as someone who's working with women, as someone who's bringing out these, um, you know, things that make us unique, what are some things that you are curious about that other people in your industry aren't willing to be curious about? Well, I think that sometimes in my industry, people get very uh, involved in the strategies and tactics. From my point of view, those things don't work as well as they could if you understand your personality style. If you understand you know, your, your renegade archetype, it's going to tell you a lot about what you're going to be really good at and what you should avoid. So, you know, when you're a nurturer, you, you're doing certain things. When you're a geek like yourself, there's, you've got these, you know, gifts, if you will, these genius gifts, I call them, you know, that make you fascinating and unique. And we want to magnify that so that your clients are like, I got to work with Kristen. She's such a geek. She knows how to do all this stuff that I don't know anything about. And she loves it. So I'm going to hire her. But she knows how to write the languaging that's going to compel um, my ideal clients to go, wow, I got to go work with you. Those things are, you know, because there are gifts, we think everyone does it, but they don't. They don't have the same perspective. They don't have the same skill. They don't have the experience that that you have. And I think, you know, as women, particularly, we undervalue um, our brilliance. I call it, you know, our Einstein. We just make Einstein really little. <laughs> Maybe we should call it Mrs. Einstein. Mrs. Einstein. He was also super smart. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Stella, probably Stella <laughs> Einstein. I'm going to make it up. And, uh, you know, from my point of view, everything's made up in the world. So let's make up something really powerful for ourselves. And, uh, you know, people think, oh, well, that's how it is. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not how it is. That's just getting agreement from a bunch of people about how it is. It's not how it really is. How it really is, is how you create it to be and what you believe. So when you, when you start to believe the general point of view of society, then it's very limiting. When you go, it, when you think like Barbie, I could be a pre, I could be the president. I could be a doctor. I could be a lawyer. I could be whatever I want to be because in Barbie land, all the Barbies were like running the country, right? Yeah. There's a totally different shift in what occurs in your life and how things show up. Prior to that, you're under that, the propaganda, if you will, of how we're raised and what our parents taught us. Not that they were trying to be malicious. They were just teaching us to be safe and what they knew at the time to be what was good for women, you know, my, in my generation, it was getting married. A man was a business plan, essentially. <laughs> and, uh, you know, those things have changed quite a bit. Yeah, that's amazing. I, 
I've never heard the man was a business plan, but that's a very succinct way of explaining it. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so I'm not going to ask you this question because I know you're naturally curious, which uh, I'm finding really interesting as I'm going through this series. So, but how do you help your clients start the process of getting curious about questions and ideas that maybe make them feel nervous at first? They definitely feel nervous. You know, first I tell them, if you're going to work with me, you're going to go off to the edge. Because if you're not standing on the edge, you're taking up too much room. <laughs> so they're already prepared. They know what they're getting themselves into. And they, they love it, right? Because they it's like, that's why they come and work with me. It's, you know, they're, they're looking for something um, that will push them and also be very different than what everybody else is saying. So that's good. But I think, you know, I don't expect my clients to be as courageous as I am. You know, like I said, I never follow the rules. I never have and I never will. I have a long history of that. And I have a very successful life in different arenas from doing that. They're not me. So when we can discover their archetype, it's very, very helpful. So if I'm talking to a geek like you, I know I'm going to go, okay, we have an infrastructure. We have a plan. We're going to lay that out first. And then we're going to get crazy. You know, we're going to do some crazy things. So just so you know, and then it's a, when I work with clients, it's very synergistic. It's very creative. And we're, we're really partners and we're creating it together. I always say to people, look, I'm going to throw out an idea. And if you, if it resonates for you, let's jot that down. If it doesn't, let's just go to the next thing. I don't get attached to my concepts and ideas. Of course, I think they're the best, you know, <laughs> did I just say that out loud? Was that my outside voice? But you know, it, it's, I don't have an attachment to them. It's more important to me that whatever the concept or idea is that I'm saying, or if I'm making a hook or a title for somebody, they love it. They love it. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, they, they're going to stretch. I tell them if your palms aren't sweating, we're not doing the work. We're not doing it right. And my mentors and people that I work with hold me to the same standard. I mean, I, you know, you work with, you work with people. Uh, I'm always like, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm feeling resistance. This must be a good thing. You know, where other people are like, they feel resistance and they're like, oh, that's not right for me. no. That's actually not true. It's probably just challenging some of the ways that you think about yourself or what you think is real or what you think is true. And that's where the curiosity comes in. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Huh. Let me lean in. Let me get closer. Let me let me try it. You know, anytime something is new and it's a new idea for me and for anybody, really, it's going to be uncomfortable. And so you kind of go, oh, well, I could choose to make that the reason why I don't do something or the reason why I do something. And it's really about how you frame uh, these situations that are happening to you. 
That's so true. I, my coaches are the same where they're like, okay, if you're not uncomfortable, but you know, I, uh, Susie Moore one time I was in one of her courses and she said that feeling uncomfortable is temporary, not doing the things you really want to do causes long-term regret. And I was like, that's so good. Like if I just live my life by that one principle alone, I'm going to do more of the things that I really want to do. So that resonates with me a ton. Okay. But before we get to our last few questions, I want you to tell our listeners how can they work with you? I'm going to drop your LinkedIn in the chat, which is going to go everywhere. But how do people best get in contact with you if they're like, I want Anne to help me do this? I think the simplest and the easiest thing is to go to my website, which is annbennettmarketing.com and take the Renegade brand archetype quiz, which is one of the first things that pops up. And when you take the quiz, you'll get a, a whole page of this is how you use your archetype in your speaking, in your marketing, in your messaging, how you should be, as well as your Achilles heel. And then you'll have a opportunity to book some time with me and we can talk about well, where are you at? What are you doing? What are you trying to accomplish? And obviously, you know, if I can help you, I will. And if I can't, I will give you a resource because that's kind of how I do life. My whole thing is about how can I help you get to where you want to go and um, in the quickest, fastest, easiest way to do that, right? Because there's a lot of ways to get somewhere. But when it aligns with your personality style and who you actually are, your what I call your renegade brand, it's so much easier. It's so much easier to, to know how you should market. There's so many avenues now. What would be the best for you? What's the best for you and your clients? Usually what's best for you is what's best for your clients. I know people do it the other way around. Oh, I have to be all about my clients and what's best for them. No, actually, because <laughs> I'm a disruptor. It's all about you, baby. It's all about you. What you love, they're going to love because they're going to align behind that they're not going to align behind you trying to um, figure out what's in their head. Of course, you need to know the problems you're solving. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you love TikTok and your clients are on TikTok, use TikTok. If all of it scares you, then just pick one that you can kind of deal with like maybe that's Facebook because you've been on it the longest and you're more comfortable there start in one channel you know but you know it's like we just get all complicated I don't know why I guess because that's the human part of human being we like to make it complex it's actually fairly simple if you find yourself in overwhelm it's just that you don't know what to do and you have a whole plate of here's my list there's 20 things I was like uh, how about three? How about one for the week? One is good. If you completed it, it's more power than having 20 unfinished things. So I think people just, we so buy into all these things of how it's going to, it doesn't work that way. And it's not like that. I'm like, really? Who said? And then when you do it, it's like, are you kidding? That was so easy. 
Like my clients say that all the time. They're like, that was easy. I'm like, I know. Just need a little direction and someone to encourage you. I think that's true. And often we're like, what's the path of least resistance? And that's the path I'm going down. That is not going to be the easiest path ever. That's always going to be the longest path you can possibly be on. Why not just be uncomfortable for a few minutes, but actually do the thing that you know you need to do? Yeah. I have a thing called study hall on Fridays that we just completed. It's an open, free, open community. So if any of you are interested in that, just reach out to me on um, Facebook or whatever. It's called uh, Rebels, plural, study hall on Facebook. And, um, you know, it's live and people just come and work on their work with each other. It's so much easier than trying to make yourself do stuff. You just show up and everyone's working and we do the Pomodoro technique and people get a ton of stuff done. And I think to pe- and so many people, you know, my whole list knows about it, but they don't show up. <laughs> and I'm like, guys, this is a priority for Friday. They're all like, Oh, I have something else I'm doing or blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nothing like implementation to make your business work. That's so true. All right. Let me ask you the last question on my list for today. And then I'm going to ask you the bonus round question. So do you think, and I already know what you're going to say, but I I wanted to hear how you're going to say it. Do you think being curious in business has helped or hurt you? Oh my God. Of course it's the thing you must be. The thing you must be, guys, not even the thing it would be good if you were. Here's the thing. It's all about being different. It's not about being the best. And I was taught by a high school principal. And so everything was a grade and everything was, you know, about being the best. And in the world of entrepreneurship, it's about being different. So you want to be as curious as you can about yourself and what makes you fascinating and attracts your clients because it's usually not what you think. It's usually not what you think it is. Oh, they like me because I'm so, I'm such a good writer or I'm such a good um, acupuncturist or whatever. That's not why they want to come to you. And that's not why they like you. So being curious about it, and you can ask people, hey, what is it about me that is really attracts you to be my friend or attracts you to want to work with me? And people will tell you they're pretty, people can be pretty honest and pretty brutally honest sometimes, but, you know, just be open and curious. Don't take it personally. It's just, you know, that's their perception. Right. And it's just information. I think sometimes we're like, I'm going to ask this question to get validation. No, that's not the question to ask for that. That is the question to ask to get information. You bring up such a great point. All right. So for our bonus question, this is my favorite question to ask um, self-starters such as yourself. Although you've started several times, you're like, let me try all these different careers. (laughs) What is one thing that you would say to my audience that would help them with their specific needs in mind of 
they're trying to figure out how to speak about their self, like themselves as a professional and speak Mm -hmm. about their business. I think, you know, story, which we kind of landed on is actually how to speak about your business. Tell a story. Don't talk about your business. You know, people are so busy trying to like convince you they have the best product or they're the best or blah, blah. You know, it really goes like that. Wah, 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 wah. It's, there's an oversaturation in the marketplace, but pe- we love stories. Like we told a few today. You told a few. I told a few. You know, that's how people connect with you because they're they're like, oh, my God, you know, they both went to Barbie, you know, and you dressed up with your husband and he went as Ken. I mean, that's freaking cool. Right. Or, you know, any of those things. And then they're like, well, that's how people get related to your actual business. So the thing is to really think about what are the things, you know, I like to ask this question a lot. What breaks your heart and what pisses you off? That'll give you a whole purpose for your life. Okay. (laughs) The whole purpose, you'll just rant it out on a sheet of paper. We'll look at the best topics, whatever. Right. But um, it's so much easier than you think, because we think it's like, oh, I need to be professional. Or I, I work with a lot of PhD psychologists. You know, you wonder how that connects, but it's because I'm so silly and they're so intelligent. Right. But it's like they think of things a particular way. But how do we make it so other people who aren't Ph.D. psychologists can understand what you're talking about? It must be simplified, made into pictures, into stories, into let me tell you a story about, you know, why I went into what it is I do. And that is why people fall in love with you. They don't fall in love normally with your product. Right. They're buying from you. They they can buy any product, but it's who are they buying it from? And in the marketplace, it's so saturated. If, if people want to know how to be a brander, go Google it. I'm going to put my own perspective on it. That's going to make it fun and easy and kooky and crazy. And that's why people want to work with me. But if you just want to know the, 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 you know, the minutia, the nitty gritty little pieces, you can find it anywhere. People just like a doctor, you don't have to go to your doctor. You can, you know, look up your disease. <laughs> you can on Google. Sort of. <laughs> Kind of, right? Dr. Google. Well, you know what I'm saying? It's like information, I guess is what I'm I'm trying to say, is information is everywhere. We have AI, we have Google. It's only going to get even more crazy. But why would someone actually work with you is your perspective. It's how you view it. It's how you see it. It's how you interact with them. Like a AI is not going to interact with them the way a human interacts with another human being. It's just That's so true. Not right now, maybe later when we have replicants and <laughs> another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Blade Runner shout out for anyone who's listening. Thank you, Philip Dick, for all of your amazing oh work that God. you did. Brilliant. Right. And I told you I was a geek. I was very honest about that. <laughs> I love that. 
Well, thank you so much, Anne, for being on the show. Uh, I appreciate you, listeners. I know you got so much wisdom out of that. So if you want to connect with Anne, go for it. Give her a shout out. And uh, I just want to remind everyone who is listening to this, who is watching this, that you are amazing. I believe in you and your business story matters. And I will be back again real soon. Everyone have a great rest of your day, whatever time of day it is. Thanks, Anne. We love helping business owners discover the power and purpose of copywriting. Do you want to learn what copy is and how copywriting works so that you can communicate about your business with both confidence and clarity? Explore why copy matters to your business and how you can leverage its power to talk to your ideal clients in a way that will take them through proven sales psychology processes. Stop guessing when it comes to the writing you use for your business. Learn how copy works and how to use it to grab the attention of those who really need your help by heading to literarysymmetry.com forward slash YCCA to enroll in the Your Confident Copy Academy right now.